The Florida Gators have four coaches with expiring contracts today. Who's staying? Who's going? We're going to talk about that here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free reviews of the podcast and on YouTube. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country NFL 33. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more new customers. Join today and you'll get two hundred dollars in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started um we are going to be talking about coaching coaches contracts expiring today i did want to remind you guys that i am in mobile for the senior bowl uh so you can catch my practice report after practice on giants country on twitter you'll be getting clips of ricky pearsall or kingsley guac and whoever i'm looking at more um and if you're watching this on youtube yes I, I did get sunburned in the five hours we were out there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what happens every year. Um, but the Florida Gators have four coaches with expiring contracts. It's Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton on the offensive line, Jabbar Jaluk at running back coach, and outside linebacker coach Mike Peterson, also an expiring contract because the way that Florida Gators have, have worked with their contracts since Billy Napier's been hired is that coaches get basically two-year deals that expire on January 31st that next year. So for Rob Sale, he was hired in the initial staff, so a two-season contract basically that expires January 31st, whereas someone like Billy Gonzalez or Russ Calloway, who took position coaching jobs before the 2023 season, they're going to have this whole 2024 season and their contracts will expire January 31st, 2025. So that's how Florida's working their contracts. And when you have roster turnover or when you have coaching staff turnover, the way that the Florida Gators have these kind of stack and ladder, basically where Billy Gonzalez is next year, his contract expires because Kerry Colbert left for the Broncos after year one, Russ Callaway got promoted after William Piegler left. And that's why, because uh, Russ Callaway was initially a defensive assistant off field staffer, and then got the bump to tight end coach uh, when William Piegler went to the Arizona Cardinals to be the assistant defensive line coach for Florida. I am going to tell you the unfortunate news for, for many of you that unless he chooses to leave, the expectation is that Rob Sale will be back. Again, unless he chooses to leave, because that is a possibility that he goes to play, he goes to uh, be an offensive line coach in the NFL again, or if he wants to go to a different school, that's a possibility that Rob Sale can leave. But basically, my understanding is that he will not be pushed out by Billy Napier. And so it, it's completely up to Rob Sale, which, frankly, I think is a bad decision 
just being completely honest. I think it's a bad decision to allow Rob Sale even the option of returning. My understanding, or at least what I think the thought process is there, is that the expectation is that Darnell Stapleton will either be gone from the staff completely or will be moved to an off-field role. So I'm thinking the thought process is Rob Sale as a solo offensive line coach at Louisiana worked. Got a lot of guys from Louisiana to the NFL. Rob Sale with the New York Giants, for the most part, worked. So I think the thought process here is that Rob Sale, as a solo offensive line coach, can work. Whether or not that's actually true, we'll see. Uh, Tackle play in 2023 was absolutely abysmal. Some of the worst I've ever seen in Gainesville. Offensive line recruiting has not been good since Billy Napier got here. Um, or Billy Napier, Rob Sell, Darnell Stapleton, since they all got here. Offensive line recruiting has not been good. You brought in Fletcher Westfall, who I do think was a very good addition, but you can't just can't keep going with, oh, we're just going to add three stars with potential and hope that we get them to that, to, to that potential. Cause that's just not a sustainable way. And like we've talked about so frequently, history and statistics tell you that when you're talking about, oh, all these guys that if they hit their potential are going to be great. history and statistics tell you all those guys are not going to hit their ceiling. All those guys are not going to pan out. And so when you're banking on that, and again, granted, some will, but when you're banking on development from three stars up to SEC caliber play, that's uh, not an ideal situation to be in, especially on the offensive line where Florida really, again, blue chip recruiting is not a thing that Florida's been good at on the offensive line. Looking at the running back room, Jabbar Jaluk, I'm expecting him to return and Frankly, that's a good decision. I don't I don't care about, in this case, when people talk about the uh, recruiting at the time, because that was also a big thing when Kenny Daniels committed. And, and uh, yeah, when Kenny Daniels and Chauncey Bowens, and it's like, oh, Chauncey, Chauncey was the guy, and Kanan, eh. And then by the time that the recruiting classes filled out and that the final recruiting rankings came out, Kanan Daniels was the dude and Chauncey Bowens wasn't so much um so i do think that jabbar jaluk is someone who kind of deserves the benefit of the doubt because with him it's not that he's taking low-ranking guys that you need to develop a lot he's taking just whichever players he can find that have the traits that he's looking for and that's what he's banking on when you look at trevor Etienne, who was a, a three or four star depending on where you looked when you look at Guys like that, guys like Montreal Johnson, he's taking players that have good vision, good patience, solid uh, contact balance, and, and that's what he's bringing to the table. That's what he's looking for. You look at Kane and Daniels, that's what he does. You look at Jaden Ball, Jaden Ball is more of the upside addition where he he's an athlete. He played multiple positions uh, in high school, and he's going to focus on playing running back for the Florida Gators. But even then... That was a battle where he was an Arkansas commit. It became Florida versus Alabama, and Florida won that battle outright. Um, so for me, I, I think Jabbar Jaluk isn't taking these guys and banking on potential. If anything, Jabbar Jaluk is taking guys that have 
the traits that help him identify if you're a solid, like a strong floor candidate. And he's taking those players and bringing them in. So he's bringing in guys that maybe are, are underranked and under-recruited, but that have the traits that he can look at and say, you can be a talented SEC running back here and you can be a productive SEC running back. So I think bringing Jabbar Luke back is a great addition. Uh, I do think that we've seen guys progress. I know that Montreal Johnson regressed as uh, as far as creating by himself, but he did improve as a pass catcher. He still wasn't great, but he did improve from 2022 to 2023. And the expectation, again, is that he's going to improve and be more of a true lead back and not just the guy who comes out and starts and then switches every series with Trevor Etienne. I do expect Montreal to be more of a true lead back in 2024. And then the last guy is Mike Peterson, outside linebacker coach, edge coach, whatever you want to call him. You have to bring him back, right? Because you look at Sean Spencer when Billy Napier got rid of him, when Florida got rid of Sean Spencer. Uh, LJ McCray was like, that doesn't impact me much because Mike Peterson's been my recruiter. And so Mike Peterson brought in the number one defensive line, uh, number one defensive line in, in the country for 2024. Brought in a, a top six recruit at that edge spot. He's brought in Kelby Collins and TJ Searcy. And so I think that even though edge production hasn't been what it should be at Florida, you look at recruiting wise, they brought in the guys and now it's just actually developing them and actually giving them time to grow. And so I think I think Mike Peterson absolutely deserves the opportunity the opportunity to have another contract in Gainesville and, and get to prove what he could do because again, recruiting wise, been pretty good. It's just a matter of actually having those guys develop and giving them the time to do that. So for me, uh, I think that bringing back Mike Peterson is good. I think bringing back Jabarji Luke is good. I'm very, very skeptical of bringing back Rob Sale and letting Darnell Stapleton walk, but that is what it is. We'll talk more about Darnell Stapleton and what that could mean for Florida's actual on-field coaching staff here in just a second. But first, we're going to get a quick word from FanDuel. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl, I, I guess, lead-up, we'll say because it's not this weekend, it's next weekend. But to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets on the Super Bowl. And I got to say, I don't care about the commercials (laughs) at all. I know that that's a big thing for people. And as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I I genuinely care less. I do like the little buildup that there's, like precursor commercials where you see those going around and it's like, Oh, on whatever day the Super Bowl is this year, it's February 11th. Wait and find out. And you're like, Oh, okay. okay. Like, yeah, we'll lead up to the Super Bowl uh, commercials. And and those are great, but new customers with FanDuel join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will say that if you're part of the subtext group, you know that you're going to be getting texts throughout the senior role 
um, with things I'm hearing, with things that Ricky Pearsall is doing, which coaches are there. Like yesterday, uh, Missouri head coach Eli Drinkwitz was there, as was Clemson head coach Dabo Swinney. Um, and I, I, I sent the message to the subtext group, and I was like, hey, should I fight them? Maybe <laughs> if you want to be part of the subtext group, you're to join subtext.com slash locked on gators. Uh, it's two weeks free, five bucks a month after that. No commitment. You'll get recruiting, exclusive content, all that stuff. Uh, but back to the coaching staff with Darnell Stapleton. Again, the expectation for Darnell Stapleton currently, who is one of the offensive line coaches, is that he will no longer be on field staff. The two options are he moves to an off field role which could be something like an offensive line analyst or something along those lines where he's not technically an on-field staffer. Um, So it could be that could be that he is no longer on the staff period in any way, shape or form. He's no longer on the Florida Gators coaching staff Um, in which case or in either case, there is an on-field coaching spot that will open up. That's where I think you look at the defensive side of the ball. You go, we have an outside linebacker coach, a defensive line coach, linebacker coach, secondary coach, and Austin Armstrong works for the safeties. Then you look at the offensive staff, and you've got pretty much everything except offensive coordinator is something that you don't have for Florida. And my expectation, especially if Darnell Stapleton is not retained as an on-field staff member, my expectation is that Billy Napier will look at hiring an offensive coordinator and will hire an offensive coordinator. I know that for a lot of people, it's kind of become a, a bit of, uh, it's just not going to happen. It's been far too long now since the season ended and he hasn't made the hire. So he's just not going to make the hire at all. I would not be too fast in making that decision or making that claim. So I do think that Billy Napier is looking to hire an offensive coordinator. I think that I know that he had conversations with multiple names that we've talked about on this show. And for one reason or another, it hasn't worked out, whether that's Billy Napier thinks that the coach isn't ready, which is what I've been told for a couple of the candidates that we talked about on this show, whether that's they're not interested, whatever it may be. Billy Napier has been interested and has been trying to hire an offensive coordinator, or at least has been going through the process of getting that done. And so I do think that it's something that Billy Napier is going to continue to do and will eventually add. It's just a matter of who that's going to be. Could be as soon as Sunday, maybe, for that actual hire to be made and announced, or at least for us to get the uh, the notification of Florida has honed in on hiring this guy or whatever it may be, or this guy has uh, emerged as a leading candidate. And then like 10 minutes later, we get another another notification, Florida will hire this guy. Um, So whoever that may be, my expectation is not Brennan Marion. It is not Willie Korn. And again, I've said for Brennan Marion, at least I'm glad that it's not him because I do love Brennan Marion's offense. I do love the go-go. I love, I love the system. I'm not sold that it would work in Gainesville right now. Willie Korn is one that I do think would work systematically, but again, hasn't been a full-time play caller throughout his career. And so I think there's hesitancy there. What I was told is that Billy Napier is looking at someone that has offensive play calling experience, can step in right away 
and have an offense that is ready to go where again like that's one of my hesitancies with brennan marion a lot of two running back sets i don't think florida has the running back room for that genuinely you have a lot of potential depth no proven depth really um so i don't think brennan marion has the offense for that and i think that it would not be a good decision for him flat out so i think that billy napier is looking for someone with play calling experience with an offense that he can install. You could talk about a Charlie Weiss Jr., who was the offensive uh, play caller and offensive coordinator at South Florida when, uh, if I'm not mistaken, when, when Florida played them in 2021. Uh, so you, you have maybe Charlie Weiss Jr. You have someone like Jake Peets, who I've mentioned multiple times with the Rams. He's a pass game specialist not pass game coordinator. That was Zach Robinson, who is now the Falcons uh, offensive coordinator. But Jake Peach was a pass game specialist. He was the offensive coordinator at LSU in 2021. And he was the one that, you know, against Florida, they were like, hey, let's let's just run trap with Tyrion Davis-Price and pick up almost 300 yards on the ground. Um, and so that, that was him. He was the offensive coordinator of LSU that year. So looking at, those are the, uh, those are like the two options that I think of as experience calling plays, an offense that can be installed early on and, and can be used with this current roster as it is shaped up right now. Because another thing with Brennan Marion's offense, I don't think Florida has the offensive line to really work with them. And so I know when you look at the, just the potential candidates that I'm thinking of, I haven't asked anybody in a long time now who they think it's going to be because I've been told straight up, Billy Napier's trying to keep it close to the chest. So if it's Jake Peets, if it's Charlie Weiss Jr., whoever it may be, just know that that's what they've been looking for. Offensive play caller can work right away. doesn't need a long time to install their offense, doesn't need a long time to install their systems, and they can make it happen from in 2024 because this is Billy Napier doesn't have the luxury of going yeah no, no, no you could just be bad this year and and next year we'll have the offensive salt you don't have that luxury in Gainesville in 2024 if we're just being completely honest so for me I, I I would rather or I would prefer that you have a new offensive line coach and a new offensive coordinator but it is very possible that for Florida you've got Rob Sale as the sole offensive line coach and a new offensive coordinator, or I'm assuming the title would be co-OC uh, to make it work just salary-wise with Rob Sale, which take that how you will. But uh, we are about to take a look at Ricky Pearsall, who savage, just an absolute savage on the first day of senior bowl practices. Before we talk about that, a quick word from Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I, and we get fired up on wins and losses, who starts, who sits, who's retained, who's extended, whatever that may be on the coaching staff. And I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today, just going to be a little bit more personal because whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are indeed covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical with life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one-year supply. Yeah. Go online right now at jasonmedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. 
If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. And remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And we're going to wrap up today's show by talking about the first day of Senior Bowl practice. And I'm not saying that we're going to go through this every single day. Uh, I just did think that it was important to talk about because uh, yesterday's show in the third segment, we talked about Senior Bowl and how Ricky Pearsall and Kingsley Aguakin both have the opportunity to kind of show out a little bit during these practices in front of all 32 NFL teams and how they can improve their stock. And boy, um, Ricky Pearsall made dudes look stupid in one-on-ones. Uh, it was just a, a, and that's the thing like we knew that, you know, Ricky's a great route runner. So we know that the one-on-one environments is where he's going to strive and, and where he's going to thrive. Uh, and we know that, that's not always translatable because you get a little bit more time. There's no pass rush and, and you can kind of work things out there. But Ricky Pearsall just was a savage during these drills. And his first rep, just to be completely open, his first rep, he got put on the ground. Um, he went up against Toledo's Quinion Mitchell in his first rep. And it was Quinion's first rep as well. And Ricky beat him off the line. Then when he tried to make a move, just collided with uh, Quinion Mitchell and Ricky was on the ground. And then Ricky's second rep, he also wound up on the ground, though that one looked more like he just tripped. He came up kind of limping a little bit. And then from that point on, he just went off. Uh, I, I know that I posted the clip of that. I just put like LMAO Ricky Pearsall. And, and he, he's, it's that he ran the little post, sold it with his eyes, which is a huge part of being able to actually sell that. And then he cut out into the corner and was just wide open. The ball was thrown like three seconds late and he was still open. So uh, I think that Ricky Pearsall really opened up some eyes here uh, in Mobile because you also look at what Florida's offense was. And it was a lot of just quick game. Just get the ball out as quick as you can. And that doesn't really bode well for showing what a receiver can do as a route runner. And I think Ricky Pearsall just, just dominated here early on. I'm looking forward to seeing him go because that's also a thing where you go through one-on-ones with a guy for three days in a row. And by the third day, a good corner that you're going against will kind of pick up your tendencies. And so for Ricky, when he ran that post corner, when he ran the post, he, he looked at the quarterback as if he was expecting the ball. And that's what sold that he was running a post here. And then he hit the corner, and that's why he was so open because the corner, the cornerback, bit on that route there. Day three, that might not be the same case. When we get to the actual game on Saturday, that might not be the same case with the corner. So I'm curious to see how he goes when corners start to pick up his tendencies. Um, but throughout day one, I think there were a few receivers who won as frequently or won as consistently as Ricky Pearsall did. Looking at Kingsley Aguakin, I will say I have spoken to people who've said that they thought Kingsley had some good reps. In fact, a, a staff member came up to me during senior bowl practice and he was like, hey, did, did you see Kingsley? And I told him I was mostly focused on Ricky today. He's like, Kingsley had some 
pretty good reps. Uh, and again, I will say from the reps that I watched, it was a meh day. Uh, the thing that I saw consistently was that he was snapping the ball far too low for the quarterback. That's just not something that you can do, especially when you're as experienced as Kingsley is. Got to get that up. Um, which, again, as we get through the days, he'll probably be told that and try to adjust. Like He'll be given feedback and try to adjust there. I will also say that Kingsley is, is someone that I've been harsh on, but he is someone that NFL teams like, whether that's at center, whether that's at guard, whatever it may be. Kingsley is someone that NFL teams are interested in watching. That's why he's at the senior bowl. It's not like they're just like, ah, oh, uh, senior center, come on down. It's that NFL team said, hey, we, we want to see him. We want to get the opportunity to watch him participate in this practice environment and get these one-on-one interviews with him. And, and that's what they're getting. So Kingsley, I thought had a meh day one. Again, we'll we'll soon get the film of those reps and we'll have two more days of practice at this point. And honestly, by the time that you're watching this, we're probably at practice at 9.30 a.m. Uh, Central Time. And so for Florida players who are in that first practice window, we're probably already watching them and we'll be keeping a closer eye on Kingsley uh, today and tomorrow because Ricky showed a lot of what he can do and kind of showed the receiver he is. Kingsley's the guy now where it's like, all right, can you can you put it together? Can you adapt and can you adjust? Because, yeah, we can chalk the 2023 season for him as he was very banged up the entire time. However, the fact remains, 2021, 2022, the most penalized offensive lineman in, uh, in the FBS, in the Power Five. And, again, I've said he's not a bad center. It's that he's an average blocker and the penalties are just, you can't take that negative trade-off when you're getting an average blocker from that. So for me, that's where Kingsley really needs to improve. You can't really improve on penalties too much here, but that's something that you just have to convince teams, hey, I've got that figured out. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free for in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators football. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.